It's October, Big Fib listeners, so obviously we are all about Halloween here at Big Fib HQ. From spooky scarecrows to creepy crawly spiders, we've got what you need to get in the mood for the scariest month of the year. Enjoy, if you dare. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. Isaac Aunt Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Straw Plains, Texas, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the agrarian protector and effigy of truth and the brainless, scary immobilization of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. Uh, hey, Deborah, can you uh, keep it down a little bit? Sure, sure, sure. And in the studio today is our sound effects robot. Wait a minute. <laughs> Why am I whispering? Because, Deborah, I'm trying to take a nap. How can I possibly get any sleep with you going on about facts and fibs, truth and lies, verities and f- fakeities? A nap? Now is not the time for a nap, Lisa. We have a show to do. I know. I just need to power down for a few seconds after a busy morning of mm, computing and whatnot. Robots don't need more than a few seconds of shut-eye, so if you could just keep it down for about... Mm, 10 seconds while I play myself this lullaby, I'll be right back. Um, okay. I'll give you 10 seconds and then... Okay, well, this is quite unusual, but we're going to give Lisa a few seconds to take a very quick nap so we can get on with the show. I appreciate your patience as we wait for Lisa to, uh... Reboot. And I am back. Wow, that was a quick nap. Told you. I might have slept a few more seconds, but then I remembered. I have a listener question to answer. So I'll just get a few more seconds of sleep right now. I'm back. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, great. Let's hear that listener question. Alrighty ho. Hey, Lisa. Are you afraid of water? And if not, do you swim? And if so, how do you swim? Thanks. By the way, I love Jeezy and shows, and I love you, Lisa. You're the most awesome robot ever. Well, I think we know what happens when you try to swim. Yes, yes, we all know that robots can't be in water without a watertight, waterproof outer shell that covers the entirety of my body. But I am physically able to swim. Okay, sure, if you're completely encased and protected from water so you don't rust. But more important than the fact that I am an exceptional swimmer is the fact, and I'm not talking opinions, but the fact that I am, and I quote, the most awesome robot ever! ever, ever, (laughs) That is indeed a fact. And I just want to thank the caller for reminding all of our listeners of that fact. And while I'm not sure that the gratitude I offer in return could be considered close to the human emotion of love, 
I'm going to go ahead and say back to the listener, I love you too. That was very sweet, Lisa. I know. (laughs) Okay. And it would also be sweet of you to share with us all how our game works. Well, given that I am as sweet as I am awesome, I shall do that. Thank you. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is a liar? We didn't fix this yet? Okay. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid, we hope. What are we lying about today, Deborah the Goldstein? We are lying about scarecrows, objects set up in gardens and farms to scare birds away from crops. And we're going to learn all about scarecrows along with our contestant today. Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a nine-year-old who loves mythology and constructing things out of cardboard, Ben Lenish. Very good. Welcome, Ben. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad to hear that. So you love mythology. Do you have a favorite god or goddess? Say me, say me. You are not a god or goddess. Yes, I like Artemis the most. Artemis, Artemis. And that is the goddess of what? Well, hunting. Hunting. And childbirth. Oh, my. What a day that would be. (laughs) You're not kidding. And why do you love Artemis? She doesn't really take no for an answer. (laughs) I like that. Is that how you model yourself after Artemis? You don't take no for an answer? I try to. Excellent. Well, we will try not to say no to you. I want to say yes to you and learn more facts about you, Ben, but we are going to do it playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. You, Ben, are going to tell us three things about yourself. Two of those things will be true. One of those things will be a lie, and we have to figure out which is which. So in no particular order, Ben, what are your two truths and one lie? I've been swimming in all five Great Lakes. I've been hit by hail during a field trip. And my favorite baseball team is St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, this is tough because they're all very different and yet believable. Of course, I hope he wasn't hit by hail on his field trip or any other time. What do you think, Lisa? I see what Ben's trying to do, and it's very clever. Ben says that his favorite baseball team is the St. Louis Cardinals. That one is obviously true, because how amazing would it be to see birds play baseball? That would be so cool. So I totally get that one. Okay. And then he says that he's been hit by hail during a field trip. And I know that hail is like ice, right, from the sky. Mm -hmm. And how cool would that be to get hit by hail from the sky? That would be so cool. So that one's got to be true, right, Deborah? Well, I hope not. And then he says he's been swimming in all five Great Lakes. Let me just tell you, Deborah, there's no lake that's great. They're all gross. (gasps) How dare you? So that one's a lie. Thank you very much. Well, I take issue. What Lisa has to say does not represent the views here at the Big Fib. I personally love lakes. They're so gross, and they're filled with water, and the bottom is filled with gross. They're just (laughs) gross. There's no great lakes. (laughs) I find them all great, so we will agree to disagree, and now we will discover whether or not you have guessed correctly, despite your faulty logic. Ben, which one of those things is actually a lie? Lisa was correct. <gasps> I haven't been swimming in all five. I told you, lakes are gross, Deborah. No. Mm-mm. Have you been swimming in any of the Great Lakes? Yes. I've been swimming in Superior, 
And I can't remember the others. Was one of them Lake Yuck? No, that is not a lake. And certainly not a great lake. We've got the Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and then Superior. Oh, you guys are talking about the Great Lakes? Yes, we are. Oh, I thought you meant just like lakes that were great. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, those exist. And yes, they do. And they are great. And... While Ben did not fool you, Lisa, it's under suspicious circumstances there. So we're going to give it to Ben. I think he knows what he's doing here. I think he's going to be able to spot the liar, especially if he knows a thing or two about scarecrows. Do you know a thing or two about scarecrows, Ben? No. No, not much? No. Okay, so we're going in cold. I like it. We're going to figure out who we all think is the liar here. When we meet our experts, Lisa, would you kindly play some welcome music for our scarecrow experts? It would be my pleasure. (laughs) That's the sound you'll never hear. When there's a scarecrow, cause the scarecrows go away. You might hear this sound, which is a scared crow. Come on in. (laughs) Nice, I like it. All right, our first expert is Sylvia Jackson. Sylvia, please introduce yourself to Ben. Hi, Ben. My name is Sylvia Jackson, and I'm the president of the Mahone Bay Scarecrow Association. Thank you very much. And our next expert is Matthew Sullivan. Matthew, please introduce yourself to Ben. Hey, Ben. I'm Matthew Sullivan. I'm the editor and a contributor here at Modern Farmer magazine and website. Very good. Thank you very much. Hey, what does that sound file mean, Lisa? Uh, Deborah, hey is for horses, and also for me, this is delicious. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, it means it's hot seat time. That is correct, it is hot seat time, and that's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Ben's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Sylvia Jackson, because Ben said he likes mythology, which means he probably read Percy Jackson, and Sylvia is probably Percy's sister or something. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. We'll have to find out if that is true. All right, Ben, what is your first question for Sylvia? Can you describe a typical day at your job? Well, we are a team. So on any given day, I could be assembling the base of a scarecrow, stuffing a scarecrow, dressing one, putting in the arms, making heads, painting heads. And some days we just need to clean up our mess. Very nice. Yes, always clean up your mess. Very good. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. All right, now take it away, Ben. This is for Matthew. Who made the first scarecrow? Well, the first scarecrow was in Egypt. So they were using them back then to prevent, I think it was quail. Quail getting the wheat fields there out in Egypt, which is where the phrase jail the quail comes from. So it was Egypt to start. And then it came from there. And eventually we were lucky enough to get them here in America many, many, many years later. Thank you very much. This is for both of you. If you were going to design the scariest scarecrow you could, what would you be sure to include? Oh, uh, rockets. <laughs> um, a big chimpanzee on top, throwing poo. Oh, dear, uh, no. Mm-mm. What? Oh, oh no, they're that... not asking. Okay, yeah. never mind. Sorry, go on. Sorry. <laughs> we'll leave it to the experts to answer that question. Who would like to take that first? 
I would like to start that one. We don't usually do very many scary ones, but I think for fright, I would definitely go height. I would go as tall as we could safely make one and probably have it leering over with extremely long arms Ooh. that dangled. Ooh, that does sound scary. Have her make her stop talking. It's super no, scary. No, she's got to tell us because this <laughs> oh is for gosh. all of the birds that the scarecrow needs to scare away. So, Sylvia, was that it or do you have other... Well, I, I would think the eyes would need to glow mm. and there need to be more than two. Ooh. And I think that would do it. Ooh, yes, that does sound scary. What about you, Matthew? How would you decorate your scary scarecrow? Oh boy, well, I like this idea of the glowing eyes. So my first thought really was to put fish bones. I would put Ooh. fish bones and rancid meat. Ooh. The reason I say that is because maybe to the average person doesn't seem as scary, but that's really what would scare birds away if you have to make what we would call a classic or a traditional scarecrow. Mm. But then as you're all talking, I think also I would put a rotating head. Ooh. And again, I think it's because it would be scary, but also scarecrows need to always be moving. If you're going to make a classic scarecrow and you want it to work, you got to have moving parts. And so I like the rotating head. Deborah, I could be a scarecrow. You could. You can rotate your head all the way around. Yeah, and I'm covered in dead meat. <laughs> no, no, you are not. No, but I'm guessing that a job where you just stand there for the day sounds good to you, right? Oh, that would be great, especially if there's a chair. <laughs> no, no chairs. Oh, well, I'm going to try it. Okay. Good for you. After we do the show, of course. <sighs> okay, very good. Do you have another question, Ben? Matthew, what's a recent article or story that you did about scarecrows? Uh, well, the la first one I think of is we had one called Talking Squawk Boxes which is kind of a crazy term if you think about it, but what one of the major components now of modern scarecrow technology is, they call them squawk boxes. So it's basically, a, not to offend Lisa over there, but it's like a robot, but you put in a field. And so it can generate different sounds, like what they call bird distress sounds, as well as mating sounds and things like this that farmers can use now to generate those sounds anywhere in the field. So the article is about that, but it gave us a chance to say, hey, this is only one component of what they call a bird distress dispersal assortment, right? And so therein we can say, great, you can have that, but you still want to use traditional scarecrows in different parts of the farm. But a lot of it was about, hey, this is where we've kind of come to now about using audible technology across a multi-acre farm system. Whoa, cool. I could do it. Here, Deborah, I'm going to do it. Okay, okay. Hey, yo, birds, go away. Um, there's things in here you don't like. Um, like hugs. I know you're afraid of intimacy, so you can fly away now. Bye. We, I, I don't know if we could use all of those. We could try some of them. Okay. Well, just send me a check. <laughs> you're going to work on those sound files, Lisa, but there's potential there. Yeah, sure. Okay, good. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or ten, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. 
Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Big Fib! All right, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Ben will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, think fast. Time to make hay. All right, Ben, we're going to start with Sylvia. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions. Now, what do German farmers call female scarecrows? Bogey wife. How did children scarecrows away from fields in the Middle Ages? They would bang on wooden blocks. After World War II, what did farmers use instead of scarecrows? Pesticides. Which television competition program asked contestants to build a scarecrow in Canada? The Amazing Race Canada. Which scarecrow festival in England began in the 1990s, where up to 10,000 people every year visit from the May Day bank holiday? I don't know. Factor fifth, another name for a scarecrow is a tatty bogey. Fact. How tall was the tallest scarecrow ever made? It was 103 feet. One inch. No. What do Japanese farmers do with their scarecrows at the end of the growing season? They burn them. Marry them. No. Name something besides crows that scarecrows keep away from frogs. Other birds and kids. And that is time. That's all the time. That is all the time, but we have a little more time for our next expert, don't we, Lisa? Yes, I maybe overstated my case. Okay, can you please reset our timer? (laughs) Timer, done, set. Fabulous. All right, Ben, you can ask Matthew your shorts on fire questions now. What did the first scarecrows look like in Germany? Dogs. What is the name of the Japanese god of knowledge and agriculture who stood in fields because he could not walk? Kakashi, I believe. Which DC comic superhero battled the Scarecrow? Uh, sorry, pass. (laughs) Which great god of vegetable gardens did ancient Greeks use as a model that was ugly enough to scare away birds? That was Hestia. Who played the Scarecrow in the movie Wizard of Oz? Ah, Ray Parker Jr. Name something farmers can do with scarecrows to make them more effective over time. Rotate, rotate, rotate. 
Which city holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest display of scarecrows? Cairo in Egypt. Who wrote the short story Feathertop about a scarecrow who comes to life with a magic pipe? Nathaniel Hackett. What is the name of the British children's television show about a scarecrow based on the book series by Barbara Todd? Ah, uh, it's uh, Wurzel Gummidge. And that is time. That's all the time. Boo. Wow. Well done, experts answering, but also well asked questions, Ben. Okay, it's decision time. Ben must take an internal straw poll and ask himself, self, he'll ask, who's the fibber? So what do you think, Ben? I think the fibber is Matthew. (gasps) Why do you think Matthew is our fibber? Because I know a lot about Greek mythology, and I know that the god of vegetable gardens is not Hestia. It is not? Oh, dear. Okay. You use knowledge? I know. Tricky. (laughs) Very good. All right. So that is what we're hanging our hat on, yes? Yes. Okay. Will the actual scarecrow expert please say, I am the scarecrow expert? I am the scarecrow expert. You got it, Ben. That is correct. Woohoo! Sylvia Jackson is president of the Mahone Bay Scarecrow Festival, which is so cool. What kind of scarecrows do you create at the festival, Sylvia? I know you said that they're not very scary. So what are some examples of some of your scarecrows? Well, we've done a lot of witches. We've done the royal family. Fishermen are popular around here. We're on the seaside. This year, we're doing a Where's Waldo? And uh, we're going to move him around town every day during the festival. Oh, fun. We're doing bees this year for a a new bee garden that's going up in town. So they'll have the bees and a beehive there. We have a child releasing butterflies as well for the bee garden. Wow. And more fishermen this year with a child fisherman. So I guess fisher child. (laughs) Fisher child. And when is the festival and do people need tickets or can they just arrive? Tell us a little bit for anybody who's interested in checking it out. Well, this year, the Mahone Bay Scarecrow Festival, we set up on the 22nd of September and people will already start gathering. So we work around them and that's fine. We're happy to do that. And the festival goes until the 8th or 9th of October, which is Canadian Thanksgiving. And people just come to town, park, go for a stroll. We're less than an hour from Halifax. So we get lots of visitors locally and from abroad. Sounds super fun. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Now, we need for you to give us some more information. Sylvia, tell us about anything you heard Matthew say that sounded more like straw man arguments than logic. I really didn't have too much concern with anything that he'd said. A squawk box sounds very interesting to me. (laughs) If we could add sound effects to our scarecrows, that would be super duper, actually. Yeah. Man, I can help you. Go away, crows. I need alone time. <laughs> like that? You know, maybe not that one. Yeah, maybe not so much. All right, well, let's ask Matthew. Matthew, it is time to eat crow and reveal all the lies that you told. So let us know what you said that was incorrect. Oh, boy. Hey, Ben, nicely done, sir. Yeah, I will say that the first scarecrows did not look like dogs in Germany. Mm. Although I did want them to look like German shepherds. Instead, it was really witches. Mm. Mm-hmm. The name of the Japanese god of knowledge and agriculture is Kuipiko, I believe, mm-hmm. not Kakashi. 
But Kakashi is the Japanese name for Scarecrow. Oh, cool. Interesting. Let's see. Nicely done on your mythology knowledge yes. to know that Hestia was not correct. Do you know who it is, Ben? I believe it's something like Purapus or something. Right. Yes. Who is the son of Dionysus and Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, they had a kid? They did. Yes. We should send them a gift. We should. That would be very nice of us. What else, Matthew? Uh, who played the Scarecrow in the movie Wizard of Oz? I said it was Ray Parker Jr. The correct answer, I believe, is Ray Bolger. Ray Parker Jr. wrote the soundtrack to Ghostbusters. I knew there was something strange. (laughs) Thank you! (laughs) Uh, The city is not Cairo, Egypt, although I wish they would because they invented the scarecrow. Right? Yes, the city that holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest display of scarecrows is actually Gatlinburg in Tennessee and actually has 4,325 scarecrows on display, last counted. And did you have any others there, Matthew? One more here. The author of the story Feathertop about a scarecrow who comes to life. I said Nathaniel Hackett, who's actually a coach for the New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> uh, the true answer is Nathaniel Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne. It's kind of a scary story, so not recommending it here. But yes, Nathaniel Hawthorne did write that short story. And you pass on which DC comic superhero battled the scarecrow, and that would have been Batman. And I want to go back to the festival in England just for the sake of Sylvia, who passed on which Scarecrow Festival in England began in the 1990s and attracts up to 10,000 people every year for the May Day bank holiday. That would be in the Urchfront Scarecrow Festival. Very good. And Deborah, if I may, earlier I referenced the phrase jail the quail. It was never used back in Egypt, although I wish they would have used it. It does have a ring to it. I do like it. Very nice. I say arrest the pest. Arrest the pest. Nice. Mm, love it. But it is true that there are sonic robotic scarecrows now that can stand in a field and emit sonic waves or sounds, depending on the device, that will scare away crows and other birds because they do become used to seeing the scarecrows that don't move around and don't say anything and they get used to them so they're not very scary. So now they have these kind of techno scarecrows that are a little bit more effective, I'm going to say. Yeah, they're like, hey, crows, you can come here. You just have to give me $75. No, there's no toll. No, and then the crows are like, I don't have that money. I'll go somewhere else. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, well, well done, Ben. That was excellent. And after that meal of a show, I'm stuffed. So we'll tip our straw hat to our contestant, Ben. We'll thank our expert and liar, Sylvia and Matthew. And thanks to Lisa, our sonic scarecrow bot. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where fibbers grasp at straws as the truth sends them far afield. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can find out how you can become a contestant on the Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show. And follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And I just want to be real. If any crows want to hang out, I would love that. I think they're pretty awesome. We could go get some corn together. Uh, (laughs) It would just be really fun. And so just call me, okay? Or do you mean call me? No. Crows don't think that's funny, Deborah. Crows, Deborah won't be there. Just be you and I. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at www.gzmshows.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.
GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.